0: This is episode number 79 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your boy, Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet with a tale about a trio of friends who had a wild night out, one what even leave in a body bag. This is going to be wacky as hell. My good pal Steffi, who voices the disclaimer at the top of the show, sent me a similar story a few months back. I was going to get to work on that, but found this story in the process, and rolled with it. I'll still cover the other incident in the future, potentially on a bonus episode. Patreon.com slash excuse me that's illegal, to check that out. Anyway, it is shocking how many people have still tried chilling with their homies, even after it's obvious that they had passed away. I can only dream of having friends that loyal. Mine barely want to hang with me while I still have a pulse. Let's get a couple jokes in and move on with the show, shall we? Okay, how can you tell a strip club is not open? The sign says, sorry, we're clothed. Not bad, not bad. Uh, This next one's not even really a joke, it's just a fact. I am not ever going bungee jumping. Yeah, it's true. I was born because of broken rubber, and I'm sure as hell not going to die the same way. right everybody hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime don't worry my friends I promise to get you back home alive if not I'll just throw a pair of sunglasses on you'll be fine Episode number 79, Weekend at Jeffrey's Weekend at Bernie's was a great flick, but watching it as a youngster on the movie network, even I knew how silly it was. Here's a brief description of the film. Two young men, Larry and Richard, are trying to make their way in a corporation, one on charm, the other on hard work. When they go to the president of the company, that's Bernie, with a serious financial error on a printout, he pretends to be thrilled and invites them to his beach house for the weekend. He actually plans on having them killed. Bernie is also fooling around with the girlfriend of his mafia partner. When the partner has Bernie killed, the boys end up having to pretend Bernie is still alive as the frustrated hitman tries time and time again to complete the job. Hilarity ensues. Bernie is a real popular guy in this beach house community, so they throw some sunglasses on him and... Everyone's trying to party with him, still, just thinking he's passed out. Women are hitting on him, and if my memory's correct, one actually ends up making love to Bernie's corpse. Don't know why my voice went so high there, but it's pretty damn great. Somehow they milked a sequel out of this nonsense, where they get Bernie's body back from the morgue. And I think the cartel hires a voodoo queen, and they try to revive Bernie from the dead to get him to lead them to $2 million he had stashed somewhere. Meanwhile, Larry and Richard are trying to find the money to clear their name because they got fired. The company thinks they stole the money. Yeah, it's pretty far-fetched, but I still love it anyway. This story we're about to talk about isn't nearly as zany as Weekend at Bernie's. I mean, how could it be? But I see where the media draws its comparisons. And hey, still makes for some pretty good jokes and headlines. And let's face it, that's all that really matters. Okay, our story today takes place in the city of Denver, which is the capital of Colorado. Colorado Colorado.com says, The Mile High City is where urban sophistication meets outdoor adventure. Denver is an outdoor city known for its world-class cultural attractions, thriving craft breweries, chef-driven dining, and red-hot music scene, all within easy reach of the Rocky Mountains. Can I get a hell yeah? Sounds like a beautiful city. The place to be. You better watch your back, though, while out for a night on the town, because this place is prone to crime, and that's an understatement. Let's check in with our friends at NeighborhoodScout.com to find out more. All right. They give Denver a 2 on the crime index, meaning it's only safer than 2% of U.S. cities. Chances of becoming a victim of a property crime are 1 in 21. And if you think that's bad, you're not even safe when you're dead. Even your best buddies will be taking your shit. It's bad out there, I tell you. Can't get no respect. Let's travel back to 2011, 11 years ago. But before we get into this bizarre night that unfolded, we need a little bit of background. Jeffrey Jarrett is a 43-year-old man who sells real estate for a living. He's single and has his own home. But in early 2011, he's having some financial troubles. He's falling behind on his bills and whatnot. Totally relatable stuff here. So what does Jeffrey do? Well, he seeks the help of his good old buddy Robert Young, another 43-year-old man who he's known since way back in his college days. And this is to help ease him of some of these financial strains. Robert becomes his roommate. And this info came from one of Jeffrey's relatives who wished to remain anonymous. Both of these guys in their early 40s have been known to party hard. Jeffrey, it appears, was really struggling with addiction, and this no doubt was contributing to those financial issues he was going through. Unfortunately, he passes away sometime on the evening of Saturday, August 27th, alone in his home. And this was due to a cocktail of drugs and alcohol. We would later find out that he had cocaine, Xanax, Subutex, and not much, but a little bit of alcohol in his system as well. I'm not familiar with Subutex. But according to WebMD, it helps prevent withdrawal symptoms caused by stopping other opioids. It is used as part of a complete treatment program for drug abuse. So yeah, that's rough. I don't know if Jeffrey purposely tried to end it all on this particular occasion or just had a relapse or whatever it was. I don't want to speculate, but it's clear that he was fighting some demons that day and he lost the battle. His roomie and old pal Robert comes home that night around 11 p.m. And this is where this night should end with a phone call to 911 and Jeffrey being taken away by paramedics. But we all know if that happened, if reasonable decisions were made, I would not be discussing this on the podcast. I just want to say it's unfortunate what happened to Jeffrey Jarrett. May he rest in peace. But what happens next on this night gets quite comical, creepy, and just makes you shake your head. So Robert finds his buddy unresponsive. And he must have been high already. It's Saturday night. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. His decision-making skills have been compromised in some way. Because instead of calling for help, he goes to visit another buddy, Mark Rubinson. This guy's much younger, only 25. So Robert goes to see him at this restaurant he works at. And tells him all about what he just discovered. The two men go back to the home, assess the situation, and that's when they decide to carry Jeffrey into Mark's vehicle and go out for a night on the town. On Jeffrey's dime, of course. The night's on him. What a swell guy. Robert and Mark would deny knowing Jeffrey was dead at first. They'd say they just thought he was really sick and high. But it had to be clear he had passed away. And to be honest, either way they are shitty friends as the thought to get him some help in case he had overdosed never crossed their minds. Or to let him sleep it off in the comfort of his bed. Nope. Instead they selfishly carried him into their car and used Jeffrey's credit and debit cards to finance their night of drinks and debauchery without his permission. These guys must have known Jeffrey's bank code. I don't find that particularly weird. I knew my brother's password and have known a couple of friends in the past as well. You know, maybe as you're walking out the door, your friend asks you to pick them up a pack of smokes while you're out and tosses you their bank card. Then they casually tell you the code. "Boy Toy 69 or Bosco. You know, something like that. Okay, this is weird. Just to show you what a douchebag young Mark Rubinson is, Here are some quotes from a jailhouse interview he did with CBS4's investigator Rick Salinger. This obviously comes later on, but I just want to tell you now because you can get a feel for this guy. He shows no remorse and is basically just fired up that everyone is comparing the situation to Weekend at Bernie's. I take it he's not a fan of the film. Mad Mark quote, I didn't take a dead man. And that's a phrase I'm really frustrated about, is how when the news first broke out, It was compared to Weekend at Bernie's. This case is being inspired by the movie. The media is portraying it as Weekend at Bernie's. I had no intention of reenacting Weekend at Bernie's. I should have called a lot of people and done a lot of things differently. But I didn't. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I know what I did wrong. And I know what I should have done. If I knew that he was dead, right away, at his house, I would have called the cops and not touched his body. That's why I'm getting the charge of abuse of a corpse. They're saying I knew he was dead, and I abused a corpse. A Charming fella. Anywho, they visit a few places that night with poor Jeffrey's stiff body rolling around in the back seat. They hit up Teddy T's Bar and Grill. Robert would later spill the beans in a police affidavit that it was obvious Jeffrey was dead while all three are at Teddy T's. By all three at Teddy T's, he means himself and Mark pounding drinks at the bar while Jeffrey lays in the back of the vehicle in the parking lot. I looked up Teddy T's, and it says permanently closed. Only had two Google reviews. But after further research, I found an article from two months after the boys visited this fine establishment. It was under new ownership, and the name got changed to the Continental Room and Lounge. Let's check out what the people are saying about this place. 4.1 star average from 16 Google reviews. Kevin, six years ago, says, quote, Great dive bar with super Greek food. The appetizer platter is perfect for two. Okay, that sounds nice. Might have to visit this place if I'm ever in the area. Uh, let's get one more. Michael, five years ago, gave four stars and said, Went on the last day it was open. Gonna miss this place. End quote. Aw, oh, man. The Continental Room and Lounge is permanently closed now as well. That's upsetting. The boys, after getting all sauced up at Teddy T's, then decide to go Mexican. They drive to Viva Burrito and grab some grub at this 24-hour Mexican fast food chain, featuring a menu of burritos, tacos, and enchiladas, plus a drive through Their menu looks delicious. And Jeffrey possibly treated them to the super nachos. These are chips covered with cheddar cheese, beans, guacamole, sour cream, carne asada, and pico de gallo. Or maybe they got the chicken enchiladas. Red chili chicken wrapped with two corn tortillas, topped with enchilada sauce, cheddar, jack cheese, and lettuce. Mmm, Mouth breather Mark looks more like a 99-cent fish taco guy, though. Barf. Both of these guys, judging by their mug shots, yeah, they look like a couple of dudes who'd have no problem driving around with their recently deceased friend in the back seat while enjoying a night on the town. After the boys fueled up their bodies at Viva Burrito, they fueled up Mark's SUV at a local convenience store. Then they thought, hey, let's keep the train rolling. They pull out $400 of Jeffrey's hard-earned money from a bank machine, then drop his body back off at the house. And that's unfortunate, because now they head over to Shotgun Willies. Shotgun Willies is a gentleman's club, Strip club, the Rippers, whatever you want to call it. Imagine if they carried old Jeff in for this one. That would have been so weekend at Bernie's. Let's get a description straight from the Shotgun Willies website. Founded in 1982, Shotgun Willies is Denver Metro's premier and most legendary gentlemen's club. With 200 of the country's most gorgeous entertainers and 10,000 square feet of space to admire them, Shotgun Willies is the perfect destination for the modern gentleman looking to blow off some steam. End quote. Sorry, I really got into that one. <laughs> but this seems like the place to be. You can even go on your birthday. Get the birthday boy package, baby. Here's how they describe it. Shotgun Willies for your birthday party. When you're looking for the best birthday party venues near you, look no further than the most exciting and fun strip club in Denver, Shotgun Willies. With a team of gorgeous dream girls and a fully stocked bar, your birthday party will be the happening event of the year. $150 gets you seated on stage, while four dream girls dance for you, dream girls remove your shirt and replace it with a complimentary t-shirt, and finally, and this is the best part. You will receive a book. Now calm down, everyone. Get your heads out of the gutter. Let me try that again. You will receive a bottle of house champagne. Vavavoom. voom. This place is off the chain. No matter what night you go, you got Country Mondays, T-Bone Tuesdays. Get yourself a nice meal, dinner and a show. Karaoke Wednesdays. They got an amateur strip off on Thursdays. You'll be happy to know that the Prime Rib Special is back on Fridays. Get your hands on some grade A quality beef. And the list goes on and on, my friends. And no, this isn't a very long ad for Shotgun Willies. This place is wild, though. Got to admit, I just realized I got to cover some strip club crimes on a future episode. You know that would be fun. Anywho, actually, heck, we've checked out the website and I'm sold. It sounds fantastic. But we got to hear from the people. The patrons and see what their experiences have been like. Shotgun Willies, 4.2 star average from 1142 reviews. Darlene, just two months ago, gave five stars and said, quote, Saturday night was off the chain. DJ Nutty playing fire music all night long. Beautiful. Sexy friendly dancers lit up the stages. The club vibe was dope. And the drinks and the food was bomb. Yes, Darlene. That's what we want to hear. Sean wasn't quite as enthusiastic giving this three star four years ago. Quote, overpriced bottle service for sure. Staff wasn't bad. Too many slovenly, no class having knuckleheads in this place. Perhaps they should raise their standards on dress codes. I'm not at a NASCAR race. Dress nice for beautiful woman, you dumb shits. The ladies are super sweet and cool though. Okay. seems like he has issues with the clientele more than with the establishment, but whatever. And all right, let's get a one star in, cause we gotta. And this comes from Adriana four years ago. quote: "I would give them less than one star for the service and treatment we got. Me and all my customers will never be here again. The girls are fat and rude. We spend really good money." but none of these girls deserved it. It's pathetic. If you want to have a good time, don't go to shotguns. They will treat you like garbage. This one actually got a response from the owner that made me laugh. They go, Fat girls? Honey, we got some thick ones, but all of our girls are beautiful. You don't believe me? Check out our Instagram, at shotgunwilly00, to get a closer look. End quote. (laughs) I love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go to the gym? Go for a run? Read a book? Take a nap? I'd probably take a nap. Yeah, definitely take a nap. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? And therapy can help you find what matters most to you, so you can do more of it. It's also helpful for learning positive coping skills, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want that? If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Sounds good, don't it? Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Here's what you got to do. Visit BetterHelp.com slash excuse me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot slash excuse me. I gotta tell you about Factor, everybody. Factor is awesome. And they make eating better easy with their delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Do you like to save time? Of course you do. With Factor, every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted and ready to go in just two minutes. There's no prep and no mess. The meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no cooking or cleanup necessary, which is great if you're a person like me who is always on the go. Eating fast food is fun, but let's face it, it's usually greasy and has become quite expensive. We've done the math, the numbers are in, and Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious, so you can feel good about your choices. So what are you waiting for, Illegalites? head to factormeals.com slash excuse me that's illegal 50 and use code excuse me that's illegal 50 to get 50% off. That's code excuse me that's illegal 50 at factormeals.com slash excuse me that's illegal 50 to get 50% off. Aw man, I could do this all day, but we gotta get back to the story. So the boys hit up shotgun willies. They give no details as to what went on there. But with four bills burning a hole in their pockets, you know it was a good time. They stayed until the place closed. Perhaps at this point, their guilty consciences got the better of them, or the money ran out. But around 4 a.m., that is when they finally decided to call the police and tell them about their deceased friend. When police showed up, after questioning the men, the details slowly started spilling out. They admitted to taking Jeffrey out with them on the town, knowing he was in rough shape but not dead. Eventually, Robert would admit to knowing his pal was deceased. Luckily for these two schmucks, it was clear that Jeffrey had OD'd, and neither of them were accused of foul play. So that was a relief. Mark kind of threw Robert under the bus, saying that he was the one that used the bank cards and all that, and that he just went along with it. As much as I don't like young Mark, Robert was more to blame for this situation. He was real close with Jeffrey. They were roommates and college buddies. Robert is the one that found the body in the first place, he admitted he knew he was dead, and he is the guy that used the credit and debit cards. Mark's not completely innocent though, they used his car, he also helped carry the body to and from his vehicle, he could have backed out at any time. A police spokesman would say, quote, This is a bizarre and unfortunate crime. This isn't anything you want to happen to a loved one. You want them treated with respect, in death, end quote. Yeah, for real, dog. The dumbass duo originally faced charges of abusing a corpse, identity theft, and criminal impersonation. Both men pled guilty to the abuse of a corpse charge. Robert also pled guilty to identity theft, which is a felony, and that was for using the credit and debit cards. About seven months later, in March of 2012, they reach a plea agreement, and the boys dodge due in jail time, surprisingly, but they don't get off scot-free. Roommate Robert receives the harsher punishment, as he should. He is given a two-year deferred sentence. And according to a press release, must receive a mental health evaluation and treatment, substance abuse assessment and treatment, and cognitive behavioral therapy. He also has to do 50 hours of community service, submit to random drug and alcohol testing, and pay $1,289.56 in restitution all while maintaining a full-time job. Young Mark Rubinson receives a one-year suspended sentence. He also has to get therapy like Robert, gets the random drug and alcohol testing, and has to perform 200 hours of community service. Quite a bit of stuff these men have to do, but if they keep their noses clean for a bit and perform these duties, they avoid jail time. According to the district attorney's office, these plea deals were, quote, Largely the result of Jeffrey's family's compassion, end quote. so that was actually uh, pretty kind of them. One of the headlines the Daily Mail used for this story was "Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead," which I thought was pretty clever—a play on the 1995 movie of the same name starring Andy Garcia, Christopher Walken. Sorry, I can do that better. Christopher Walken, uh, Christopher, w- Christopher Walken. It is what. Christopher Walken. Okay, apparently I can't. And Steve Buscemi, as well, was in that. Great movie. But other than that, it was Weekend at Bernie's that everyone compared this case to again and again. Mark and Robert really downplay that part. I don't know if they are trying to make it sound like what they did was less goofy than the movie. Leaving Jeffrey's corpse in the back seat while they used his cash to finance their night on the town was despicable. Honestly, I think they should have embraced the Weekend at Bernie's angle. I would have respected them if they brought Jeffrey into the strip club with some sunglasses on, bought him a beer, got him a lap dance, let him enjoy his final moments on Earth. Heck, get him an escort. Then they could have literally watched their buddy go out with a bang. And we are back. Let's wrap on episode number 79, Weekend at Jeffrey's. A couple of dudes who got greedy and wanted to party it up with their buddy one last time on his dime. Wild stuff. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing that sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. You know what time it is. Listener confession time, baby. So let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal that was beautiful. Okay, this story comes in from a listener named Steven. He says, What's up, Petty Crime King? Love it. He goes on to say, I've developed quite the green thumb over the years. I'm not a young man, full of piss and vinegar no more. And as you age, you start to have boring hobbies. Can't be out painting the town red every night. Hey, Amen. I have a decent garden in my backyard. I grow my own lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers, potatoes, etc. You get the point. Well, about a month ago, I noticed my veggies going missing. Just a few here and there, but noticeable. A fat rabbit in the neighborhood, perhaps? I wasn't sure what to think. That is, until the other night, when I went to let the dogs out. In brackets, he says, Please don't sing that ridiculous song by the Baja men. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Who? 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 Are they? Never heard of them. So the dogs start barking and growling immediately. Then a pale, skinny man comes running out of the shadows, hops my fence into the neighbor's yard. And just like that, he's gone. I was stunned. And you want to know the strange thing? He had a plastic bag with him that had a tomato and a couple other of my fresh veggies in it. What a creep. I haven't noticed any fruit or veggies missing since. But wow, the nerve of that guy. Imagine shopping. No, stealing. Vegetables from someone's yard. I can't even call the cops. They just laugh at me. But dang, I put a lot of hard work into growing these things. I'd almost rather be robbed at gunpoint than have someone steal my veggies. Maybe not, but you get what I mean. Wow. Hope you found this interesting. Keep doing what you're doing, friend. Steven. I did find that interesting, Steven. A serial vegetable thief. And you're right. That's almost worse than just robbing someone. The hard work you put in raising those vegetables. Wait, you raise kids, right? Not vegetables. Growing those vegetables, I guess? It just hits different, I would imagine. You should dress up as a scarecrow and just stand in your yard, then beat him with a broom if he shows up again. It's probably what I would do. But hopefully the dog scared him away for good. I remember my uh, stepdad, when he was a young boy in the 60s, did something similar with his friends. He said they'd sneak out to some farmer's field armed with salt and pepper shakers and chow down on the juicy tomatoes out there. I always found that funny. But now that I'm older, I don't really. And I see your frustration, pal. Excuse me, that's illegal at gmail.com is the email. Send me your softcore stories. And like old green thumb Stevie over here, you too could have your story played on the air. If you want more Leroy in your life, join the Patreon. You'll get ad-free releases. Lots of extra content to chow down on over there. I just did a bonus episode on a couple Californians who served some ridiculously long-ass sentences for petty crimes they committed. And this was due to the three strikes rule over there. Me and my bro do Luna bins and have another show in the works. So lots to check out over the price of a Big Mac a month. Go to patreon.com slash excuse me, that's illegal. I almost went the whole episode without saying it, but I gotta do it. There is a link in the show notes that's all i got for you for now but you know the drill come meet me back here in another 10 days and i'll happily serve you up a hearty helping of soft core scumbaggery peace (laughs)